you, um, Isabel, again on a line with Lina, and I am welcoming anybody who is with us today because we really truly have a fabulous conversation in store. So and, I'm just going to yeah. start off by letting people know um, I've got a little bit of a cold, so I may have to sneeze, I may have to blow my nose, and it's just part of life. But what I'm really excited about in having this conversation with Isabel uh, is that we're going to focus primarily on talking about this book, The Disappearance of the Universe. I had posted something about the fact that I'm going to be starting a book club, a book review. I'll do this for about eight weeks in the Marietta area in Georgia where I live. And we're going to talk about the disappearance of the universe. This book is written uh, in, a, in a fabulous way, but it is the book that introduced me to A Course in Miracles. Mm -hmm. And I can assure you that this conversation is going to be mind-blowing. We're going to go down the rabbit hole. If you are uncomfortable going into the really woo-woo realms of spirituality, I'm going to ask you to just hang in there because if we don't go to the deepest parts that the spiritual awakening is inviting us to go into, we are really not going to experience the, the magnificence of the peace, of the love, of the joy, of the compassion, of the kindness, of the abundance that is experienced, that is promised through the spiritual journey if we're not willing to go all the way. And to go all the way means that we got to let go of what we have been believing before was reality and be open to a whole new type of reality. The disappearance of the universe, as the title implies, we are allowing a universe that we have known to disappear, but it is not the actual universe that we are living inside of. So let me bring my fabulous guest, Isabel, on here so that the two of us can have this conversation and you can hear uh, from my beautiful guest what, uh, why did you want to read The Disappearance of the Universe when you saw my post, Isabel? <laughs> That's right. Just <laughs> just to mention for those who are watching, this is not going to be an expert interview or anything because while I love the work that I do and I'm really good at what I do, but this is conversation that is new to me as well, especially in the open space because I grew up very um, centered around church. I grew up Lutheran. And while I always was a bit of a rebel when it came to religion and spirituality and the way I do my work, like there was always that essence of the book within my work without me even knowing it. And um, Lena and I, we, we started this conversation and she's like, well, why don't we just have this kind of conversation online if you feel comfortable with it? I'm like, okay, that's like the first time online without me presenting myself as the expert in this area because really there's still so much that I need to understand. I haven't even read through it all yet, but it's just so mind blowing and you really need to wrap your head around it. It's almost like you are um, on one side of the curtain and then you suddenly get behind it and you're like, where am I? <laughs> this feels good that feels in alignment but yeah. man people gonna judge people not gonna quite understand it so definitely so why i wanted to read it i don't honestly why because you, you had posted it on your wall as a recommendation for a book right and something told me to check it out and to read it because i have been especially since before but towards the end of last year to back up a little bit Towards the end of last year, 
I'm in my seventh year of my business, but I felt I had to distance myself from everything because everything just no longer felt <laughs> right to me. It just felt everything I saw about the coaching world online just really yeah. oh, got to me in a way that I couldn't explain. I didn't want to be judgmental. I didn't want to have a strong opinion about it, but I... I wanted to get clear in my head where I was coming from and why and why this showed up. So December, I took off completely. I wrote a few articles, but that was about it. And, and I got really deep and I realized there's so much that I need to let go of in the way I present the work. It's no longer in alignment with the mainstream understanding of coaching and spirituality because We've yeah. talked about it. There's a lot of spiritual ego, the eagleized spirituality going on, which a lot <laughs> are not really aware of. And there's no yeah. judgment around it because obviously exactly. it's sometimes difficult to go behind that. And when you posted that, I think it was mid-January or beginning of January, I can't even remember. I was like, oh my, I feel really called to start reading this. And when I started reading this, and the reason why I even reached out to you for help was because <laughs> I started to share a couple things with my husband just from the first couple pages. And I said, this makes perfect sense to me. Why some sometimes I get so irritated by the Bible itself. Not that there is no truth behind it, but a lot of it is it is story from people that that are human beings that can <laughs> to shut off their own beliefs and stories exactly. that they have been carried around for carrying around for so long and then writing suddenly something totally unbiased um, yeah. that should resonate with everyone. And he was like, not happy about it. And I'm like, Lena, I don't think I can read this. He's not going to be happy with me reading this. It does. I, I think I have to keep it to myself. But once we started talking and the more I read about it, it's like, I'm already doing this, but I'm getting into it in a different way. And now it makes even more sense. So that's why I started reading it. And then I couldn't let it go. Yeah. <laughs> not all the way through yet, but I couldn't set it down. It's like, I need to read it. I need to understand this more. Why do they always say we'll talk about this later? I want to hear it now. <laughs> And I'm so glad that you started uh, this conversation by saying that because we are really talking about something very radical. And yeah. I, too, went through part of my journey beginning to open up to the possibility of what the truth is. I began to expand my awareness into the realms of the unseen, the unknown. And I was comfortable knowing that there was an unknown, but I didn't know what the heck the unknown was. Reading the disappearance of the universe began to blow my concepts about what reality is. Mm -hmm. And you're absolutely right. Every single one of us who becomes spiritual develops a spiritual ego. That means we think we know it all from a spiritual mm -hmm. perspective. And it is not until we get comfortable with the fact that our ego side our human side, the one that lives in the realm of duality, that perceives things, that divides things into rights and wrongs, until we really see that side of us, and most spiritual people don't see that. Mm -hmm. Most spiritual teachers don't see that. And now that I see that in myself, because I had just the beautiful experience with um, my beloved partner, uh, my former husband, where I was seeing that in him that I got to then go, oh, wow, that's in me, too, that I was able to begin to undo my spiritualized ego. Mm -hmm. And where I was able to see my spiritual ego and begin to undo it was through first reading The Disappearance of the Universe, 
because it is what absolutely showed me. I knew this stuff in my head, but I wasn't embodying it in my heart. Then the disappearance of the universe, which speaks to what the Course in Miracles is about, led me to go ahead and start reading A Course in Miracles. Now, let me just say a little something about A Course in Miracles. I had an encounter. So here's where we're going to get really woo-woo. When I started my journey, I had an encounter with Jesus. Many, I've had many, many, many sins. Mm -hmm. But I had a very profound encounter when I came to know myself as one with all that is. When that happened to me, that was in 2007, I was given a course to teach. It was what, what, what we call in the spiritual world a download. Mm. And it's called the power of awareness. So I began to teach the power of awareness. And people asked me, is it based on A Course in Miracles? I didn't know what the heck A Course in Miracles was. I never heard of it at that mm. point of my journey. And I resisted reading A Course in Miracles because I didn't want anybody to think that I had copied it. So, you know, I was still in my, in my, uh, oh my gosh, I don't want to be considered a fake or whatever. I was still so new in owning my truth. So I didn't read A Course in Miracles. I didn't even want to buy it. But I kept hearing that for five years. And it was in, in December of 2011, I went on a trip to Vienna from uh, Atlanta to Vienna, long trip. So I decided I'm going to take a book that is thick. And I took The Disappearance of the Universe. Well, I didn't know that The Disappearance of the Universe was about A Course in Miracles. So when I started reading that, I knew, oh my gosh, what I'm teaching, yes, it is like A Course in Miracles. Then I started reading A Course in Miracles. And what I realized is that Jesus, the consciousness that you call Jesus, it, it's the same consciousness, the intelligence, the knowingness right. in the universe had given me in, in what I then came to realize was the cliff notes to A Course in Miracles. So the minute I went into A Course in Miracles, my mind had been prepared for the deep dive that A Course in Miracles is about. Right. And that is what is what is spoken about in the disappearance of the universe, only in the disappearance, it really expands it. So let's you and I get right into what are you getting out of the disappearance of the universe that is rocking your world? Because the Course in Miracles is here to turn our world upside down and inside out because we have been living a backwards life. Yes. <laughs> well, for one, the, the first thing to wrap my head around was um, I always had a problem with even the beginning of the Bible where it, it talks about the creation, because if God is who we say he is, then why would he create something that would um, intentionally put two human beings that he apparently has created in his own image into a situation where he all-knowingly already knows that he will going to punish them if they don't listen to him. So where is the free will in all this, for one? Um, if you if he already knows, well, if they act this way, then they're I'm going to punish them. And how the whole creation has been created. I mean, it's still hard for me to, to, to physically understand. Okay, so yeah. then why have we created so much beauty around us if everything is an illusion and a reflection of our ego, our collective ego, pretty much, that wants to create that separation from the god from the divine so it, it was for me a really hard concept on the one hand it really 
made sense to me. I'm like, why would there be a God who intentionally <laughs> already has it set out for himself to punish humankind? <laughs> because yeah. you're obviously yeah. he already knew that this is what's going to happen. Right. Um, yeah. And there are and, no, no rules in, in that way. And, and, how we're supposed to live. Well, that's probably not the right way to say it either, but go ahead. What were you going to say about it? <laughs> well, and, and before I, I say what I'm going to say, I, who, whoever's watching, and we've got quite a few viewers on right now, mm-hmm. wherever you are on your path, you are exactly where you're supposed to be. Yes. There are no rights and wrongs. If you are believing something that brings you comfort and it gives you peace and and it helps you be able to make sense of the world, you are exactly where you're supposed to be. We are having a conversation from the level of consciousness that we're at. And I want to give you kind of a visual to understand what I mean by that. So, and by the way, one of the best books that describes the levels of consciousness is a book written by Dr. Stephen Hawkins. I'm sorry, uh, David Hawkins, mm-hmm. and it's called Power Versus Force. Yeah, I have that in too. the book Power Versus Force, Dr. Hawkins breaks down the levels of consciousness that we are all going to go through. At the very bottom, zero is fear. And at the lowest levels of fear is where we operate in the densest spaces of duality. At the highest calibration, because it's all vibration, so it is a calibration of of energy, at the highest calibration of a thousand is what enlightenment is about. This is the all-knowingness. This is the the total dissolving of the separate sense of self and a total complete merging with what consciousness is. And this is where all channeled material is coming from that level of consciousness where there is a knowingness, there is a, a... an intelligence that is communicating into the lower levels of consciousness, into the denser levels. So I like to use a ruler because when you think about a seesaw, when when somebody is at the lowest level of consciousness, let's say here is zero and here is at 100. You know, if you're on a seesaw, it would look like this. Most of us on a seesaw, if we have an 80% level of consciousness, if you are aware then you're 20% unconscious. And this is the way we come in as children. Then we get we, we get trained in the world to become 70% connected to our non-physical nature conscious and 30% unconscious. What happens in life through the indoctrination that we receive, we little by little begin to shift until the point that somewhere in the early stages of our childhood, really, really early, by the time we're six, we're about 50-50. We are becoming entrained uh, to, to thinking like the world thinks. Mm-hmm. We, are, we are being informed by the external world and not by our internal world, which is what to be conscious is all about. So little by little, the seesaw shifts. Our mind gets trained to become unconscious. We're unconscious of our, our connection to the inner world. So we're no longer conscious of what's happening inside, we are we become unconscious to the inside and we're operating from what the outside is telling us until we tip and, and we all live from that 80% unconscious, 90% unconscious and very little connection to our inner knowing. This is where we are in the realm of talking to God, to spirit, to source, we, we know what we are. So the spiritual awakening 
is a, a very little by little recalibration. By recalibration, that means we're beginning to remember the mm -hmm. conscious truth of who we are, and then we tip the balance again. So wherever we are on the journey, unconscious or conscious, we can only be doing it in tandem. There is no way to be 100% conscious and 100% unconscious. It doesn't work that way. And that's what power versus force is showing us. At 1,000%, mm -hmm. you are fully conscious. At 20, 35, 50, 100%, you are at that lower levels. Of course, it's not percent when it's a thousand, but anyhow, you know what I'm talking about. So so when, mm -hmm. when you're trying to figure out where you are, it's really good to know that there is an, another side to that. And if you're not aware of that, you're missing out truth when you're operating with untruth. So wherever you are is exactly where you're supposed to be. So I invite you to receive what we're talking about as just information, if it resonates, great. If it doesn't resonate, no big deal. Let it go. None of this stuff made sense to me. I thought it was absolute insane, crazy bullshit when I first began to read this stuff, when I first began to have these experiences. And I had to train my mind little by little by little to get comfortable with the immensity of who I am. Because what we really truly are at at in ultimate reality with a capital R is non-physical consciousness having a human experience. To wrap your mind around being non-physical requires that we question everything that is physical and little by little we begin to let go of what we think is real in the physical world and in tandem we begin to open up to what is in the un, in, in what appears to be non-physical and little by little we begin to realize that what we are is energy consciousness is energy and we're beginning to work with it that is where the disappearance of the universe comes in to explain that and of course the course of miracles goes in depth into what that means so your comment about adam and eve and the um the garden of eden so that is a metaphor the garden mm -hmm is a metaphor that we exist in paradise in the mind of God in pure consciousness and non in our non-physical state of beingness we exist in paradise what eating of the tree of good and evil is all about is beginning to accept knowledge that blocks our awareness of the truth that God creator source spirit whatever you want to call it has stated is the truth so when we begin to believe that we are separate from one another, we begin the process of, of believing in good and evil. We begin to see each other as separate. That begins a game of duality. When the mind begins to see another and we are perceiving ourselves as separate, it instills a level of fear because now there is another that mm -hmm. might hurt me. We go into survival. When we enter into survival and you think about humanity being on this planet for thousands of years, seeing separate people entering into survival, into fear and beginning the process of thinking that I got to protect myself. And the way I protect myself is by operating as if you are an adversary, we begin to activate that part of us that was non-physical in paradise, knowing the truth and in mm -hmm. truth, when we're one, we love each other. And then we shift and we perceive each other as separate and we begin to fear each other. Mm 
We enter into the world of the illusion. We're pretending that we're separate because we see bodies, not remembering that these bodies are manifestations of an expression of God. So instead of seeing each other as God expressing itself or source or spirit in different forms as Isabel and as Lina, now I turn it into what can Isabel do to Lina? What can Lina do to Isabel? And then I begin to see you as separate, not and no longer as one that I can love as just another expression of the same creative energy that created me. So here we operate in competition and in fear when we know the truth, we operate in, in collaboration, in co-creation, and in love. So God did not create our seeing each other in fear. Fear is our experience of seeing each other unlike God created us. Hmm. Yeah. Um, something that helped me really understand the concept behind the book was another book called Reality Unveiled where it talks about the soul level, the, the spirit level, and how um, how our souls are on specific journeys to have to get closer and closer to the understanding of what enlightenment truly means, becoming one again with God, meaning bringing God's kingdom back to earth. Because that's yes. pretty much all um, consciously. It's not, we're going to not see like suddenly beautiful, fluffy clouds and beautiful trees and call it kingdom and paradise. Like that is our understanding of paradise. But the actual biblical understanding of paradise is the oneness with God, understanding that we are one with God. And I think what helped me really understand, it actually helped me understand my gift more. And you know that. Um, I have always been able to see color around things. There was mm -hmm. nothing physical attached to it. It was just the color my brain told me, like, this is a dominant color around someone. And so I learned that, especially when it comes to people, that when I really tune in with him and I see that color, it's almost like their soul speaking to me, giving yes. me a message that they consciously may not be able to receive that yet or something like a confirmation where they had been struggling with something. And over the last, especially the last year, I started um, to speak on the topic, how we can overcome intercultural differences through emotional awareness, because emotions yeah. also are energy. And yeah. it literally strips the physical away when we connect on that soul spiritual level uh, because then there is no divide because we all look the same in spirit we all are part of god and that's how you start to look at each other even on a on an emotional level and exactly that book totally confirmed to me that belief that i already had but i couldn't quite understand why or how i just literally told people i don't see the person there is the soul that goes like i can't describe it like i can't even describe it tangibly for people because it is not tangible it's just i look at you and the physical body is ripped away i just see the color yeah yeah and, and what you're talking yeah. about is is beautiful so say the name of that book again it's not one that i've read but i totally agree mm -hmm. with what you're saying reality unveiled do you, you remember the author? Um, no, but I can look it up. 
I'm glad oh. I remembered the title. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you're saying that, because I absolutely, with the experiences that I have had with my encounters with, with consciousness, is that everything is energy. And as you said, emotions are is really, to me, nothing more than energy in motion. Yeah. What we are working with is realizing that our energy stopped being in motion when we began to experience the deep, um, the dense emotions of fear. Once our mind began to believe that what is out there is is separate from me, not realizing that I was projecting the out there. Just as God has imagined us, we are imagining the out there. Mm -hmm. So when we begin to not be the energy of ourselves in motion, we create a motion that pulls us back. And in that density, we begin to believe that I should be afraid because the density makes me feel tight and tense. Mm -hmm. So understanding that everything is nothing more than energy at different levels of calibration. At the highest level, it's fluid, it's in motion, it's light, it's sound. At the densest levels, it is uh, fear. It is totally, completely closed Guilt off. and shame, yeah. Exactly. So we are questioning uh, because we have to enter into those places of our guilt and shame and our fear to find out what we're believing that is actually the block to our awareness that what we are is that energy that's supposed to be in motion. So when, when we begin to enter into that conversation of, well, if I'm not my shame, what am I? If I am not my guilt, what am I? We begin to realize that we are this divine, innocent, powerful, right magnificent being which is the expression of that energy that's supposed to be in motion bringing love to the planet bringing light bringing joy to the planet mm -hmm. and we are thousands and thousands of years into believing that what we are is separate from one another and we see differences as threatening so they're they're reversing i mean jesus came two thousand years ago to tell us that we are one that we are like god like like he said i and the father are one but he was saying so are you so that's what he said i mean even in what was it john 4 verse 14 where he says you will do greater things than i because i will yeah. be with the father meaning my physical body will not be here because my spirit has always been god with god yes. and he's saying you can have this too where to the point you can separate yourself from the physical um i think it's also why um um who is it gandhi no who was it who who was in who was tortured in prison and he said i was only able to survive because i mean um yeah reality unveiled it's by um Ziyad masri it's z i a d m a s his last name is m a s r i Ziyad masri or masri i don't know if you say it yep yeah i are that. we it's, we are the christ and that that to begin to believe that we are the Christ. It is a very scary proposition to those of us who've been indoctrinated into believing that the Christ could only be this one special person and, and mm. he already came and went and he's not here anymore, but in non-physicalness he is and he can only be the only one. So we have to go through a process of questioning mm. everything that we have been taught 
by beginning to open up to the possibility that there's more than what we know. And this is the process, as you know, my work, what I love, what I know I've been told is my mission in this lifetime is to help people understand what the ego is all about. Because the ego mm -hmm. is the belief systems that block us from the awareness that we are the presence of the Christ. Because the second coming of the Christ is the, the other side of the first coming. The first coming was Christ as the being, the consciousness in physical form, letting us know that we're all one and yes, that it that is it all is love. possible to be one with exactly. Christ. Was, yes. Yes. yes, the second coming is all of us coming into the awareness that we are that second opportunity. But it's not just me, it's you, it's right. Angie, it's Melissa, it's everybody who is watching this. It's every one of us, 8 billion people on the planet, when every one of us remembers that we are one with the creator, that we are made of energy, that our essence is pure love and mm -hmm. our work is to cooperate with one another, then the second coming of the Christ can be fulfilled. And that is what's so exciting about these books that are, that are coming in, that are being channeled at this time when people are more aware and are more open. Mm -hmm. Plus, what is happening right now is that we are seeing the world that we have made, made up, it is crumbling because it does not leave room for love. It does not leave room for equality. And yeah. what God did not create is temporary. So this temporary world that our egos have made up in competition and, and greed and hate and fear must crumble because only what God created is real. So what is disappearing is the man-made, ego-made stuff that separates us because what God created that unites us is the only thing that is real and sustainable. Mm -hmm. And we're waking up to that reality. And it's very freeing as well. Um, what has shifted for me is for one, that as a business owner, I can no longer buy into um, specific marketing strategies that I had before, like the specific marketing words. Now I'm trying to figure out how to change that and still have a, a running business, right? <laughs> Um, but what I'm realizing, all of that is being stripped away. You don't feel that competition between each other anymore. And I feel much more compassion, no matter if the person is right or wrong in my in my human understanding, you know, or does the right things. Like if someone and, and that is the interesting part. Three over three years ago, it was it's almost four years ago. I started writing my book, right? The Power of Faith Driven Success, which is more towards um, younger people, because I use more simple wording in the way I understand it. But I had those two um, visions. I don't know if I had talked much about that. But one was that I was standing in front of thousands of people, like there were football fields of people that you would consider as criminals and murderers and terrorists. And like there was so much hate and fear wrapped around that almost like a wall. And I stood there and I could feel myself sweating. I was like, just let me go of this damn vision. I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. But it wouldn't let me go. And all I heard was tell them you see them. And I'm like, no, I don't. I just want to go. They're going to kill me. Like, tell them you see them. And so I did. And I said that out loud. And suddenly you could almost, it, it was like a, a wall of 
uh, a dense cloud that suddenly came down and they started to cry. I saw them crying in front of me, coming down, and I was able to feel so much compassion and love for them, for people who could have obviously killed me. Now, obviously, it didn't happen in real life. So people are like, well, it's easy for you to say. It didn't actually happen to you. They weren't standing in front of you. But like everything, it was a, a possibility because everything is an illusion. So was that because what it was trying to tell me was you are one with them you are afraid of yourself and that goes back where in the in i just read that last night in the book where it says that hatred the shame the guilt of ever having separated from god is so present inside of you that you project that hate on other people and the most loving person most likely has that still within us and it's just a matter of acknowledging it and that's where it comes in with the bible where it says um you have been forgiven I forgive you. I am like what Jesus says. I am telling you, you have been forgiven. Look at me. This is what is possible in human form. You can still have that forgiveness and become closer and closer or get closer to God. So you eventually realize that you are already one. I did a hypnosis. Um, I, I had a really important talk on Wednesday, which was like a, a TED talk. And I was nervous because there was some memory from back then. And so my friend helped me to kind of diminish this memory and change it into something more pleasant so I could be more powerful while I was speaking. Well, during that meditation or that hypnosis, I went so deep and I truly believe if nobody would have known that I was in my room, they would have not found me if they would have just entered my room. I literally, I felt my body disappearing and just becoming one, it, it became so heavy I can't even describe it real with with the, there are no words in the way I experienced that, but I just disappeared and then I found myself almost like in this universe kind of space and everything that was around me was just light, but separate light and then there was this space in space uh, that was just light there, there was nothing there was just pure light and all those little lights were gravitating towards that big light it was so beautiful and i could feel myself like i could feel the different energies of those lights because we were all on different levels and i could look back and okay this feels a little different than this and then i recognized that it is actually all us just in spiritual form we're all gravitating to the understanding that we are one with God and eventually we all will not will be able to see that to become one with God once again and it was so beautiful to watch it's like it's like a firework we're all just like fireworks we're just going off into our on our journey we're being catapulted out in in on our journey we have to have those experiences so we can fully experience the forgiveness that is on on such a level I mean even for me, humanly, this is not describable. It's it's so hard to even fathom, but you feel such innate peace. And then, of course, then there's the ego coming back in and like, hey, wait a second, I'm still here. Like, don't do that. Like, don't abandon me. Don't, yeah. don't. And then you kind of look around, especially when you are um, a public figure where you tend to, like, what are they doing? How are they doing <laughs> that? I don't want to do that too. You know, like those things come to mind. And then I just back to the mem memorizing. 
You yeah. just understood what the true peace of God looks like. Get back to this and not focus on everyone else's journey. And I think yeah. I started this whole thing very early on after I got married to my husband because I always tried to drag him along on my journey. Like, this is what we're going to do. Like, this is our dream. This is what we're going. And my husband is more like the, just let it go. <laughs> it will all come to us when it's time for us. I'm like, oh, gosh. <laughs> no, we need to do this. Like, we have to do some action here. We can't just sit. But he is the kind of person who is more trusting in the process than I am. And back then, I worked with my with another coach. And she gave me this exercise where she said, "Where take a look. You're all on your path. When you tune in with yourself, where are you? And I'm like, I'm on his. And he's like, see, there you go. How about now you envision getting off his path? Like, I can't because then he's snapping all the way back to I don't know where. And then maybe we're not supposed to be together. And he's like, that's not going to happen because you are soul, solely connected, on a soul level connected, that his physical journey doesn't actually matter and there were some things i realized that he did jump back um a couple of feet <laughs> physically speaking um in in where we were with our dream and fulfilling some of the goals that we had for ourselves but eventually we ended back on on the same page because i allowed him to develop on his path and me experiencing my soul's journey because we're all on the same journey towards the same thing. Yeah. There's no well, difference. And that's so beautiful. So you said several things that I want to touch on because people have been making some comments and thank you all so much for all of these wonderful comments that you've been making. So as I use the seesaw analogy in the beginning, mm. everybody is somewhere on the path. One of the most beautiful, profound experiences that I had in, in knowing myself as source was, was seeing a waterfall. Mm -hmm. That source is, or, or another analogy that I got was also so beautiful. God is the sun and all of us are rays of the sun. And the rays shoot in different directions. The waterfall is at different levels. So in, in Dr. Hawkins' book, Power Versus Force, depending on where we are in consciousness, we are going to be living our human experience at mm -hmm. that level of awareness. There's nothing wrong with it. It is just where we are because we have chosen to be at that level yeah. for whatever lessons we are getting. So that's why nobody's ever left behind because nobody can be outside of God. So so you I, were talking about- Can I say go, something real quick? That's why I always say that even like, especially God is speaking through your emotional experiences to you. Emotions are a tool that God is using to speak to you. I wrote a couple um, um, articles. One is called um, With Love, Fear. Like fear is actually writing a letter to you saying, hey, if we're all just kind of bouncy walls, I am just the one furthest away from your aligned center. And I'm just trying to bounce you back and giving you some message like, hey, this is where you're at. But you actually do want to go the other way. And that's how I explain emotions. And what you said makes perfect sense with that. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Fear. Fear just means that we are believing what is not true. Yeah. So it's just a matter of shift in perception. So right. when I when I was given the power of awareness to teach, I was given something very simple, which is you become aware of your fear. You accept mm -hmm. that you have it because it's mm -hmm. within you. And then you just shift and lift your vibration. You yep. shift from fear 
you know, instead of being run by fear, you shift into love. So it is a conscious decision to see what is happening differently. Once you make fear your friend, you can see it as a guide to shift back to where you actually want to be. It's that simple. It's just by accepting that you shift your vibration, right? Exactly. Scary. Yeah. Yes. Well, what acceptance does is it puts you in neutral. It takes you down to 50-50. Now, now love has as much power as fear in that moment. And the minute you decide to absorb fear and don't let it run your life, just acknowledge Mm -hmm. it. Now, love is recalibrated or recentered in truth, aligned with God. So here's the thing. And I love what you were just saying. I, I like to say we have to make ego our amigo. We have to understand what it is saying to us because what the fears are indicating is the programming we have received to make us think that we are only human. Mm-hmm. What is our soul? What is that emotion? That intuition is the truth of who we are that is beyond this physical form informing us of what we are here to do. And Mm -hmm. this is where the course gets really practical. You were talking, the Course in Miracles, truth, where truth becomes practical. You were talking about being a, you know, a spiritual teacher like me, and we have businesses. Mm -hmm. So we are not supposed to be spiritual and not have the opportunity to create a financial income. As a matter of fact, it was, let's see, Angie was saying that there's enough abundance for everyone. The reason there's enough abundance for everyone is because there is no limit to what anyone can create. That is what abundance is. Abundance is an infinite creator gave us the opportunity, each of us, to experience abundantly fear or abundantly love, to experience abundance of money. Or Mm -hmm. a lack of abundance, but all of it is abundance is to what extent are we willing to receive it? And when we are in fear, we resist it. When we are at peace with it, we receive it. Then Melissa was talking. Your own interpretation of what lack means. Exactly. Because I always say I abundance to me does not mean that I need a huge mansion with five cars in front of my house. I have no desire whatsoever to have that. I feel absolutely content with a small home that I can call home that gives me safety and be rather connected to nature than have all this physical. But it could be because I already had this experience in in the past life where I already learned from that. I don't need it. So I think (laughs) there's this level that we need to understand, especially when we talk about money and abundance and success, that it is your own understanding and interpretation of what you experience as lack. Because I could have $1,000 in my bank account and would feel really rich and be okay with it, knowing that I'm always taken care of. And someone would look and I'm like, oh my gosh, you're operating from a lack of, from an, um, a scarcity mindset. This is not much in your account. I'm like, really? Like, I don't need much. I know what it means to travel around with two suitcases and not needing it, but always knowing that I'm always provided for no matter what that looks like and how it may show up. So there, there is the, this is your understanding. It doesn't have to be a universal truth when it comes to materialism. 
Well, it, it, correct, because there is no such thing as a universal truth when it comes right. to the human way of looking at things, because everything from a human perspective is is a individualized perception. Mm-hmm. And the only way we will get to universal truth is to move into the direction of that we are non-physical beings creating our own reality. So the work is to tap into that power, that God within, that mind of God that creates so that we can become we can become um, a- a- aware so that we can become aligned of how powerful we truly are because it is in our alignment with the truth of who we are that we begin to manifest never from lack but as melissa had said earlier she had posted something about emerson's law of compensation Mm -hmm. so we are here as the course teaches to give and receive at the same time as I give of my talents, you give of your talents, the potter gives of his pottery, the poet gives of his poetry, the doctor gives of his surgery, there is a divine compensation that takes place. When mm-hmm. the mind that is in service is aligned with the greater good of all, there is yes. never greed, never, never greed. All needs are met. When the mind is disconnected from the source of all that is, the source of true abundance, Mm -hmm. the ego mind goes into greed. And when we enter greed, it is all about me. It is all about what can I get? It is no longer giving and receiving. It is a giving to get something. And that is what humanity has fallen into and has created the haves and the have nots where we're so apart. But the haves and have nots, that mentality is a mentality of duality. Mm-hmm. Those of us who are waking up are beginning to shift into this, this five, you know, five, fifth dimension, getting more yeah. woo-woo here, like we're not woo-woo enough right now. In this fifth dimension <laughs> of consciousness, all that it means is that more people are rising up to the level of awareness that what we are is energy, that for me to take it from you is to deny it to myself. For me to be greedy is to hurt myself because I can't experience the grace that allows me to be at peace that then informs me through intuition. Mm-hmm. What is it that I need to do? What is it that I need to bring into uh, into consciousness, into human consciousness for the greater good of everybody to yes. be in service to all of humanity? So let me address what um, a few of our wonderful uh, audiences saying, Melissa, yes, thank you. This is a beautiful conversation. And it is it is fantastic. When you begin to align with the truth of who you are, you we, we will all be living in a state of total and complete knowingness. As Isabel has just said, you begin to trust that everything is provided. It This is not... I, I, it's a daily practice, though. <laughs> yeah, second by second practice. This, you know, one of the biggest things that lets me know somebody is completely new to the journey is their biggest fear is, oh, I've got to give up my money. I got to give up my house. I got to give up my. No, you don't have to give up any of that. What we're doing is we're giving up attachment to the outer world, fulfilling exactly. us so that we can come inside, get to know the creative source inside, get to know the Christ within the Buddha nature that is already what we are, is what that energy is that we are, that consciousness that we are. Right. 
how do we live from that space? It is a, a movement forward. It is not a contraction that pulls. So you don't have to give up anything in the world. What no. we have to do is our attachments to what's in the world. Let's see. Because Let me, And that comes in when, when the Bible even talks about it. For those who can be trusted with little will be trusted with more. If you can detach from what you already have, you will be trusted with more because you know yes. with what you will have more, you will have an even bigger impact. And yep. supporting people on their journey to the understanding of bringing God's kingdom to this earth. Yes. Well, and what you said is really important. And Lana was kind of talking to that. Yes, that when you become mm -hmm. more conscious, more aware, fear does disappear. Because what begins to happen is that when you are willing to give it, you are in a state of trust. We are extending into infinity the possibilities available to us. When we are hoarding, when we are saving, when we're building it up in our bank account for our own purpose, it's because we're afraid that there's not going to be enough. And in the hoarding it, in the keeping it, we are not trusting the universe. And when you don't trust the universe, you're operating from fear. When you're operating from fear, greed comes in. When greed comes in, you don't care who you kill. You don't care who you hurt. The Just because you have a massive bank account and you are operating from fear, that massive bank account does not keep you from being at peace. It, it cannot. Mm -hmm. If anything, it makes you even more afraid of losing it, of not having it. Right. And it creates a consciousness you know, of such deep mistrust in life and that is what we're waking up from is that there's nothing outside of us that is ever going to give us the peace and the the joy that comes from being inside you know it's easier for a camel to get through the eye of the needle than for a rich man to get to heaven that quote is so powerful because the king not of because of the money that they have but the emotional connection to it yes to it exactly that is what is so traps them and let me address um angie's comment here i'm so grateful that your schedule allowed you to listen in i'm so glad because you were beginning to feel fear creeping in about teaching your workshop tomorrow so thank you for us reminding you to raise your vibration absolutely and you know <laughs> what is so amazing is our vibration is nothing more again when you look at the ruler it's a recalibration moving out of fear and it takes years and years of questioning every belief that causes fear because the beliefs that we hold that cause fear were taught to us by people that we loved and trusted and respected our mother our father our teachers yeah. our preachers the government our grandparents our, our cousins our favorite aunt these people that told us information that is of the world pure egoic information were operating at the level of calibration that they were at it doesn't right. make them bad it just makes them unaware that there was a higher vibration that there was a higher frequency and that is one of the things that the course in miracles is telling us and it's so clear in the disappearance of the universe we are forgiving what cannot ever happen to change what God created. God created us as loving beings, created us as one, created us as expressions of itself. We are created in God's image. Humans have made God in our image, made it a dysfunctional fear-based father that punishes 
and hurts us and makes us. I, yes, actually, for most of my life and my, my coaching, I have said, as long as we see God as an authority over our life, we continue to rebel against this authority because we're exactly. trained to rebel against authority. If it's government, people try to control us, even church. And so once we see God as part of who we are, we no longer rebel against that knowledge. We no longer rebel and try to prove God that he has no control over us because we can yes. do it on our own. <laughs> yeah. And it's, you know, it's a, a play on words. We won't uh, be, we won't rebel against authority. We will revel. We will, yeah. we will absolutely enjoy the truth of who we are. But to get to that place that we know we are one with God, it is a scary process because of all of the fear-based conditioning that we have received, which is why the visual that you had about being in that stadium with all of those people who had done bad things and then feeling that oneness, that love for each, mm -hmm. that level of compassion that Jesus taught every single one of us needs to be forgiven for we don't know what we're doing. We have right. made up crap against each other. We have made up beliefs that have hurt each other. We have made up um, ideas of separation, ideas of who's better, who's lesser. We have created caste systems. We have created so many dysfunctional things. And the reason we have created that is because our free will allows us to mm -hmm. think whatever we want to think. However, just because we're thinking terrible things and doing terrible things to each other inside of consciousness, which is non-physical energy, we cannot destroy the energy of God that is loving. All we right. can do is withhold ourselves from the enjoyment of it. The minute we die, we are back into non-physical, pure love. And from that place, we decide to reincarnate and come back again because we know nothing in the incarnated world, the 3D world, can keep us from being what we are. And each time we reincarnate, we are coming back at whatever level of consciousness we left at. So I tell my clients all the time, work through your fears and get to a higher level because you're coming back. So don't you mm -hmm. want to come back in love and compassion and joy and kumbaya? And, and we know now that this is actually scientifically true because yes. there have been so much re research done with near-death ex death experiences of people yes. who all thousands of people with different researchers say similar things about yes. their experience of their near-death experience or children who tell you, I've been here. And then yes. they've done historical researches on the person that they thought they were back then. And it was all true. So exactly. it's not just something you make up or like, oh, my gosh, this is not true. But from experience, even scientifically, we're able to approve uh, that, even though we don't actually exactly. have to prove anything, but we can explain it. And you know what? We don't even have to go to scientific proof to realize right. that shifting our perception changes everything. A very simple exercise is bring to mind something that scares you. Something that you hate, something that you fear. And the minute you bring that into mind and think, oh, my gosh, you know, losing my money is so scary or, or so and so breaking up with me is, is devastating or getting cancer is horrible. The minute you bring that thought into your consciousness, 
you have directed your consciousness to shrink and your body feels tight and tense. We close off. The minute you shift those same thoughts to abundance is it, it is mine by choosing to do things that I love. Or so if I have cancer, I will tap into intuition. I know that my body was created to heal itself. I will find the, the expert in that particular field. Somebody wants to leave me. Okay, so that means that relationship is complete. It's time to move on. You begin to open up. Your energy goes back into motion you begin to feel expanded. So it is a thought in the mind that closes us or opens us. Right. And when when we get clear that being open feels better, and every time that we're open, we hear guidance, we hear intuition, who in their right mind, conscious mind, would want to close off? Well, right. we only close off because we don't know that we can direct our thoughts to give us an experience. And that takes a lot of work to realize that you are in control of your thoughts. Your thoughts mm -hmm. don't control you. You're not your thoughts. With respect to you the guilt and shame oh, experience God. from when we separated. I can't yes. feel closer to God because there's still that shame and guilt is present. And I need to justify to God why I left in the first place, which yes. is not true. And all that shame and guilt comes from believing that we are not the powerful, magnificent beings that we are. And all relationships have been affected by this sense that I am less. And it sends us into a manipulation. It sends us into uh, codependency. It doesn't let us be the best of who we are. And that's what's so amazing about this work, that even spiritual teachers have got to move past our ego minds. We have to move past thinking we know better because in the thinking we know better, we are literally blocking ourselves from hearing consistently the source that allows us to know that this reality out there, this reality that we are experiencing, we are the ones creating it. If you don't like what you're seeing, it's because your mind is not aligned with God's and you cannot see as God sees the world. Creator, right. source, spirit, whatever. I, it told me to call it Jesel, which is an acronym, acronym for God right. is the um, God is nothing more than the source of the energy of love. And yes. it, it is absolutely imperative that we wake up, which means break out of this nightmare that we're living in, that the world has power over us. Wake up to the reality that the power exists out inside of us. What is it that we want to project? What is it that we want to experience? Because it is all based on what we believe we deserve. Yeah. And so say more about the, the disappearance of the universe and other things that you have been reading yeah. in there lately. Well, I think where it made the biggest difference for me is within my business, especially that I've that people would consider me as a spiritual teacher, whatever spirituality means for people. But I think we kind of misuse the term spirituality with <laughs> subconscious unintentional manipulation. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Say that, oh, but it is true. Listen, um, let me just say this. Let me say this, Isabel. I did the same thing. I did yeah, the same thing. But I knew I knew not to shame myself, not to guilt myself, that just to keep it, keep moving through those those beliefs. So keep. I'm sorry to yeah. interrupt you, but I wanted to let you know you're not alone. We all do it. 
Oh, yeah. I, I mean, that's why I think I'm struggling. So I'm not really struggling either, but why I'm shifting right now where I'm not quite sure how I even want to present my work anymore, because I don't want um, the, the typical business that you see as, as, as someone who is a coach out there. I make sure and I, I, I actually shared this video in my group. I and those in my group know exactly what I'm talking about because I always tell them just because you have a different level of awareness does not make you superior. Just because you have a specific gift that actually all of us could have, but you are able to acknowledge it for your, does not make you superior to other people that you are serving. That also means that Every time I do a, I call it intuitive color reading with people, I always tell them, I don't have to be right. Take it for what it is, a reflection. Whatever works for you and how you want to use it is up to you because everything is a perception on a human level. So every everything is not right. Just because I have a gift doesn't mean I know exactly what is going on in your life or how you are supposed to live your life. Everything that I experience in connection with you is simply a reflection to guide you or to help you awaken in a way that, oh, this is what I'm doing. Okay, I get it. So the typical marketing language really is throwing me off right now because when you understand how the universe disappears, and especially in the way I start to see people, um, everything you feel you have to prove to the outside world. Is it about how much money you make? Is it even about testimonials? Even though that is on the, we still have to work on the physical level somehow. So testimonials are important, right? But if you use it to feed your ego, that's exactly. when it gets very critical. That's when we, yeah. like we talked about the egalizing spirituality. If you have to <laughs> prove to everyone, this month I made this much money. Look how good I am. Look yeah. how I can help you with that. That is not spirituality on its pure level. And I don't know if we, if, if any of us really has that pure level of spiritual connection because that's pretty much when we are disappearing physically. Um, well, no, but, we, but we have the masters who have who have been the teachers of what that yeah. looks like. And, and to be one of them. Exactly. And to be at that level, um, or for me, I strive to be at that level. And mm -hmm. you know, we were told to be in the world but not be of it. What that yes. means for me is I I don't get my sustenance from the world anymore. I am guided to what to do. So testimonials on my website are because they meet people that come to it at whatever level they are at. And when they right. connect with somebody's story, it lets them know, okay, there, there could be something here for me. The yeah. days of testimonials building me up, those days are long gone. I don't need to be built up. I know the magnificence of who I am as God created me. My work is not to get somebody to accept that about me. My work is for me to accept that about me because as I accept it about me, then I accept it about everybody else. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't see, as you said, anybody as inferior. If anything, I see everybody as equally as powerful and as magnificent as me choosing either to live into that or not. And The mm -hmm. Course in Miracles is really clear. Every client that we are supposed to meet, every person that we are supposed to touch is already going to be part of our reality. We don't have to create that. Our work is right. to be present to the essence of who we are and let life meet us. Where, and again, this is developing trust. Let 
the encounters happen whenever they happen. If we are focused, and I know this is for me, in solely sharing what we are told, this is why I do these broadcasts, you know, mm -hmm. the content in these conversations are so powerful. I share. I love sharing because I get inspired to have a conversation with you, with somebody else. Next week, I'm going to have a conversation with Irene, who is listening right now. That woman's spiritual journey is amazing. I'm in the week after that, I'm going to be talking to uh, Francine the Giorgio, who also has had an incredible awakening. And it is all about making this accessible. Mm -hmm. The exchange, financial exchange happens when people feel like they have received something that assists them and they are inspired. That source inspires them to continue to give and receive. There is more than enough, as somebody said earlier, I think it was Angie, we live in an abundant universe and what we are moving toward is the acknowledgement of our wholeness because when we know that we are whole and the abundance comes from our wholeness, we will access our holiness. From that state of holiness, yeah. we drop all of the games of the ego, manipulation, a competition, hurting each other, superior, inferior, the the bully, the victim, all of those games and duality are going to disappear. Are we there yet? No, we may be hundreds, if not thousands more years getting to that. But we are, we are, we have shifted back to more than 51% consciousness. Humanity yeah. is on a trajectory to awaken. There is no way to stop it because the outside world that gave us comfort before that made us feel safe is crumbling so that we have to question what we believe. But the trajectory towards love so that we can live at the highest calibrations mm -hmm. is happening. It's absolutely happening. So That's I why I love younger generations too, oh because they are yes. questioning everything. I see it yes. as my five-year-old all yes. of a sudden. Oh, my, my <laughs> but kid. we encourage that in him too. Like, yes, ask questions. Question what we tell you, because not everything we even say as your parent is true, or it may just not be true for you. And we are able to listen to that. And that's why I love even working with, with younger generations. Um, it, it's just fun to watch. And it is. It is so much fun to watch. Well, listen, we have uh, reached our time here. Uh, not not that time can confine us, but it, since mm -hmm. we're in the world, we're operating um, within the world, but not of it. So that we're going to complete this. In my stomach, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to come back to you, Isabel, in a minute. But I just want to let people know that if this conversation interests you, um, and you want to reach out to me through this Facebook feed, go ahead and you can send me a friend request. And if you want to um, connect with Isabel, do it through this feed. You can also do that. And if you go to my website, linaorlando.com, and you sign up for my newsletter, you're going to get a free, uh, what I call a master class, which is a video series that explains to you how we descended into the sleep of the ego, the, the the duality, the unconscious state of beingness, that is what the world um, that we perceive is all about. And it activates our fears and it's what creates our ego. And then it walks you through the three levels, the three stages that we have to go through to awaken, to move out of that ego mindset and reconnect with the essence of the truth of who we are. And so you can go to lineorlando.com to find that. 
but I want to give my my beautiful guest the the opportunity to say um, not only how people can hear from you, what what you want to share that you're doing right now. Go ahead and and share that. But also, I want you to have the last words of wisdom to share with our audience. What is it that you want them to know that you're discovering is is the truth that is giving you more peace and allowing you to connect with that space inside of you that is making you a benevolent being on this planet share whatever you want to share <laughs> okay well um well i work mostly with um empath warriors i coined that term a couple years ago and those are people who have a lot of that internal understanding however they feel really overwhelmed by it by the experience of being so connected with other people especially on an emotional level and so I help them distinguish what is it and why and how is that part of their life and part of their journey so they can be more or feel more empowered on their journey and move a little faster towards that big light right um and so I work with them on an individual level, but for this year, I'm actually focusing a lot on speaking or much more than what I had over the last few years, uh, especially on the topic of how to overcome intercultural uh, differences through emotional awareness, which makes it a little bit more tangible without all the crazy woo-woo. So people actually start opening up to the idea that there is more um, than what we can see. Uh, so that is something that I'm really passionate about, especially right now. And I see that really happening for this year to be more out there. I also share, clear share your website. Emotions. I'm sorry. Oh, share yeah. Your um, it's isabelhunt.com. And my last name is H-U-N-D-T.com. So don't forget the D or you're not going to get there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and my last words of wisdom. <clears throat> Oh, my last words of wisdom. I think the challenge that I would like to take on for everyone is to just look beyond the walls people have created for themselves, not looking at them, how they react or how they they act in a public space, but really what lies beyond that wall that they have created to keep the ego safe and really experience us as souls on this experience separate like just the light within and what does it what does it mean about them how can we be more compassionate with each other so that we can let go of those walls and normalize the experience that we have without judgment but also without being stuck there the whole time and using it as an excuse um i think that's a big challenge for me every single day yes thank you angie um that's a big challenge for me even every single day with having that awareness so um <laughs> there's always more to learn always more to 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 get deeper into and um, oh that's why i would love our conversations because it helps me to wrap my head around it even more <laughs> and i i love our conversations too and i'm just going to leave you with a reminder that this spiritual journey all that it is going to do is reveal the more that we are the more magnificent aspect of ourselves it is truly going to allow us to unleash the christ consciousness the buddha nature the god self that every single one of us is it's just a matter of whether we believe it or not but even if we don't believe it it doesn't mean that we're not that we are just becoming aware 
that that is what we are. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much, Isabel. I too love these conversations you. with you. They are always so rich and at <laughs> that level that I like having conversations at. Um, feeds my soul. Thank you all so much. Um, Spence, I'm so grateful that you were listening and you thought this was a beautiful conversation. I so appreciate that. And as always, go out there and have fun because life is meant to be fun and easy. And that is what happens when we remember that we are one. Bye-bye, Isabel. Bye. Bye, everybody. Thank you.